Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The Old Testament lesson for today is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 110. This can be found on page 683 on your pew Bible. Today's scripture is a prophetic description of the coming Messiah who will transform the world and lead God's people in righteousness and peace. Reading from Isaiah chapter 11, begin with the, with the first verse. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and the understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the eyes, by his eyes, but what his eyes see, or decide disputes, but what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he should judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his lines. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard should lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the wind child shall put his hand on the adder's end, den. They shall not hurt hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters covers the sea. In that day in, in that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as the signal for the peoples, of Ham shall shall the nations inquire, and his resting and his resting place shall be glorious. May God Add his blessings to the reading of his holy word. I love the season that we are in, the season of Advent. The four weeks that lead up to, of course, Christmas. Don't get me wrong, I like Christmas too, but I really love leaning in to Advent. On Christmas, we get everything handed to us in a nice bow. But in Advent, we swim in the mess. We recognize the longing the tension that we feel living in a world where not everything is the way it's supposed to be. Advent is a word that simply means arrival. And yes, we celebrate the first coming, the first advent, the arrival of God and the person of Jesus Christ. But we also, like the ancients, long for Christ to come again. We know, we look out at our world and we see all that's broken in it and we say, come, Lord, Jesus, come. 
And we can borrow from the language of the ancients, the language of prophets like Isaiah who longed for the coming Christ. We can borrow from their language and cry out in our hearts the same prayers. In fact, we do. I love the Advent hymns. I just love the lyrics. The hymn we sang earlier, Come, Thou Long-Expected Jesus. It's one of my favorite hymns, period, let alone my favorite Advent hymns. It's this honest, beautiful prayer that we get to pray all throughout the four weeks of Advent as we long for Christ to come. But we can also pray these words all throughout the year. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. What a great prayer. This is something we can pray all year long. In fact, as the Lord would have it, just last night I prayed this prayer. It was 2 a.m., just several hours ago. (laughs) I was awake. I was supposed to be sleeping on my pillow, but I was awake thinking about something I was anxious about. And I looked over and I realized Nancy was awake too. I said, having a hard time sleeping? And she said, yes. And we grabbed hands together and we prayed. And this was our prayer. Come, Jesus. Born to set us free from our fears and sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. I fell right to sleep. I don't know about Nancy. I hope she did too. Haven't had a chance to ask her. She was sleeping when I left the house this morning. Let us find our rest in thee. How can we rest in Christ if he releases us from our fears, and from our sins? By the way, I have to give a quick side note. Somebody came to me after the first service, very concerned that I would have something on my mind that would cause me to toss and turn on the pillow. I don't know if they ever imagined pastors also deal with this. <laughs> Pastor Neely, can I disavow everybody? Pastors have stress, right? You always slept all the way through the night, totally peacefully. Yeah, yeah, right. No. Yeah, we're just like everyone else, okay? But last night, we prayed this prayer, this fitting prayer that's useful, yes, at 2 a.m., but all throughout the years. Come, long-expected Jesus, born to set us free from our fears and sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. So if we're not alone, if there's anyone else here who has fears, (laughs) sins, you you only raise your hands for fears, Richard. (laughs) Sins, yep, sins, yep. Okay, I'll ask your wife about that. Always ask the spouse. They know all about the sins. And uh, restlessness. Let us find our rest in thee. So let's go to the scriptures today. Because if it's true that we deal with this, and if it's true what the scriptures say, that Jesus came into the world to release us from these things. Let's run to the word and find out what, what he has promised us, what he's shown us through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. I have to give a lot of historical context here. Isaiah was writing around 600 years before the time of Christ. Things were pretty bad in the nation of Israel. They had been overtaken by one of their neighboring enemies, the Assyrians, There's other places in Scripture where they'd been taken captive by the Babylonians. Isaiah was written during the Assyrian captivity. And the Assyrians were vicious. They had a military that was mightier than the Israelite military. 
And they had really just overtaken, they had taken Israel captive. Some of them they had hauled off to captivity. Some of them they had remained there, but their towns had been reduced to rubble. This is why Isaiah says, a shoot shall come from the stump. He looked around Israel and he said, things have gotten so bad, we've been so conquered by our enemies. We're about as fruitful right now as a stump. And Isaiah's listeners probably would have immediately pictured an olive tree stump. I brought a picture of an olive tree that had been reduced to a stump for us to look at today. This probably would have appeared in the minds of Isaiah's readers. This is an olive tree stump. And Isaiah says, a shoot will come. Hope will come from this devastating situation. People would have also known that an olive tree, even when chopped all the way down, even when it looked like all hope was lost, they knew that hope could come, a branch could come, a sprig could come from the stump. I brought another picture of another olive tree with shoots that had been coming out of that stump. You see that? Isaiah is saying things are so bad in our world today. Devastation is everywhere, but hope will come. A shoot will come from where? The stump of Jesse. People would have known in Isaiah's time who Jesse was. Jesse was the father of King David. King David, the glory days of Israel and the royal line that came after him. Isaiah is saying we need to go back to the source. A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. Why didn't Isaiah say a shoot will come from the stump of David? Well, because Isaiah was aware of just how bad things have gotten. The royal line itself had been wiped out. There was no king. There was no line of David anymore. We got to go all the way back to the source of God's faithfulness through Jesse. A shoot will come. A person, a savior, a Messiah will come from the original source it came from before God himself. Now, this was true for the ancients. They realized, they looked around at the world around them and said, it looks like all hope is lost. It's a stump. But we have hope in new life, something that looks fragile when it first appears that might come into the world to save us. And in our time, well, the fruit is still green on the vine. We might not think that we're living in the stump-like reality that Isaiah saw. But if we're being honest, if we're being realistic, we would see that, in fact, all of human history is the story of being cut off from the tree, the tree in the garden, the tree of life. Because of original sin, we are the stump. I hate to say it. And yet there's hope. A branch will come, a shoot from the stump, from the devastation, from all that's wrong in the world. Hope will come. A Savior will come. We need a Savior, do we not? To release us from our fears. Love that lyric. From our fears, release us. The um, people in Isaiah's time had much to fear. Much to fear. The Assyrian army, as I said, was devastating and violent. And there's a description in the previous chapter, Isaiah 10, verse 12, of the Assyrian king. And they're looking him right in the face. This is, this is what happens with fear. The psychology seeps into us, and we look into the face of our enemies, the face of fear. Look what it says in Isaiah 10, verse 12, as it describes the Assyrian king. When the Lord has finished all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, he will punish the speech of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the boastful look in his eyes. I wonder if when Isaiah fell asleep on his pillow, if he woke up and tossed and turned, if he was picturing the boastful eyes 
of the king of Assyria. That's fear. And yet we pray from our fears, release us. Lord, there's no peace between the nations. There's these boastful, arrogant, powerful leaders who are trampling on the lives of the innocent. What's promised then in this shoot that would come from the stump of Jesse? Peace between the nations. This is what's symbolized in these animals lying down with one another at verse 6. Look with me. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. These are probably symbolic representations of the nations. The wolf, the predator, will dwell with the lamb, the prey. Assyria will be at peace with Israel. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf, and the lion, and the fattened calf together. And look, I wonder what Isaiah was prophesying. He could only see so much. A little child shall lead them. How will peace come between the nations? A, a baby will be born. A child shall lead them. He may not have even realized he was seeing Christ himself when he saw this vision of the future, where the nations could dwell with one another in peace. Their fears would be, they would be released from their fears. How would this person, by the way, the shoot coming from the stump of Jesse, it's not like Isaiah was saying a new ideal will come along or a new philosophy or a new government program. It's a person. It's a person. And how will this person, this child who will grow like a branch from a stump, how will this child lead us into peace? Verse 2 tells us, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I was reading some Bible commentaries about this, and they were saying it seems that Isaiah seems to be comparing and contrasting this coming Savior with the Assyrian king. The Assyrian king in the previous chapter is full of his own power. He's full of his own boasting. He's full of his own arrogance. He's worldly power, the quintessence of worldly power. But this Savior who would come would not boast of his own power, but he would require, he would submit, surrender humbly to the Spirit of the Lord resting upon him. He would not operate in worldly power, but in divine authority. There's a difference between power and authority. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, this coming savior, this one who will bring peace between the, among the nations. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Well, when Jesus arrived on the scene, when he had an opportunity to speak in Nazareth, in the synagogue, an Isaiah scroll was read. This probably wouldn't have been missed on the ears of the listeners, what it was referring to. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Look at Jesus' opening statement. What did he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Lord Jesus, you are the divine Savior operating in the authority of the Holy Spirit. Unlike earthly powers, unlike earthly kings and queens operating in their own power. Look at Jesus coming and saying, the Holy Spirit is upon me. Not only that, he said it about the Father in John 12, verse 49. Jesus said, I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What to say and what to speak. How different Jesus is. How humble Jesus is when he enters into the scene to deal with our fears. He's not like another earthly power. 
but he's a divine authority. There's a difference between power and authority. Sometimes I see a temptation for us Christians when we see the powers of this world, mighty men strutting around like the king of Assyria, and we're afraid. We think we need an earthly power just a little bit stronger than them to wipe them out. But that just only causes that cycle of revenge that we saw a few Sundays ago. No, we need a divine Savior operating in divine authority, the Holy Spirit and the Father. We need Jesus to release us from our fears. No earthly power could deal with what's really going on in our fears, what's really going on under our fears. What's the thing under the thing? It's not just that we fear what's going on. No, we have a deeper need from our fears and sins. Release us. We need someone who will come along and deal with our deeper problem, our sins. Can you imagine with me for a moment? Just try to picture it. Picture, picture life having been released from fear and sin. Picture your life with no fears and no sins. Picture our world. It's, it's actually hard for me to imagine. Where my mind does go is, is to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve lived that way, nothing to fear. No sins yet. They rested in the goodness of God. And Isaiah, I believe, is bringing us back. He's hearkening back to an Eden-like innocence where our deeper problem, our bigger problem, sins are dealt with. Adam and Eve eventually met the serpent. They met Satan. They met the devil who tempted them, and they fell into sin. But Isaiah says maybe when this Savior comes, this shoot from the stump of Jesse, he will, de- he will bring us back to a place of innocence where we don't have to fear our real enemy anymore, our first enemy. Satan himself, verse 8, he says, The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. Is this the Christ child that Isaiah is seeing? This innocent, happily, innocently, carelessly playing over a snake's pit? What would be true If that was happening, it would be if the snake had been annihilated, if the snake had been defeated, if Satan and evil and all the things that cause our fears had been dealt with once and for all. Yes, this is the shoot of the stump of Jesse, the coming Savior, Jesus himself. He came to deal with our fears by dealing with our sins. He doesn't eliminate our earthly enemies. He eliminates for us our first and real enemy, Satan himself and the sin that has crept into the world. He's done this on the cross. The cross is a piece of dead wood. In a sense, Jesus became the stump. He went to the cross. He went to the stump. And from there, hope sprung forth. New life sprung forth. When he rose from the dead, he conquered both sin and Satan. I do love the Advent music. I love the Advent hymns and that song that we heard played by Valerie and Austin for the offertory. 
It's actually written, it's based on Isaiah 11. Lo, how a rose air blooming. The hymn writer was German in the late 1500s and he looked at this Isaiah prophecy, the shoot coming from the stump of Jesse and he reimagined that shoot as a rose, as something red, the blood of Christ springing forth, new hope, new life. Jesus has released us from our fears and our sins by dying in our place and by rising again over the penalty of death. Hallelujah. Lo, how a rose air blooming. Jesus, come. Come. Set us free. And let us find our rest in thee. How do we know? Jesus really was this promised one that Isaiah saw, got a glimpse of. Well, because of the cross, which I believe is prophesied in verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. His resting place. His death, his burial, shall be glorious. I don't know how much Isaiah could see from 600 years before Christ came. I don't know what glimpses he was getting into the future through his prophetic gifting. I wonder if Isaiah thought that the coming Savior, the coming Messiah, would be a glorious king, the type that they would have known in the ancient world, that when they died, they would build these glorious mausoleums that were taller than the, next king, the previous king who had died. King Herod built one of these. If you've been to Israel on one of our trips, you've seen the Herodium. He literally had his slaves move one mountain on top of another so that he could build his grave on top of that. He wanted it tall enough so that the people in Jerusalem could see it, so that even after he died, they would know what a glorious king he was. Talk about a narcissist, right? <laughs> Maybe Isaiah thought our coming Savior, our coming Messiah will be so great that he'll have a resting place that's glorious like that. Maybe Isaiah didn't know what we now know, which is that the death and burial of Jesus Christ, yes, was glorious, but not in a worldly power sense at all. It didn't look very glorious on the day he died. But that rose ever blooming, that blood spilled from the cross, his shame was our glory, our forgiveness, our freedom. It set us free from our fears and from our sins. We can find our rest in him because of the way he died. How glorious, Lord Jesus. And that, that truth of that event is what we call the gospel. And it's what we just keep saying over and over again from this pulpit. It's why we're launching in Stanford. And in fact, it's, I think, what Isaiah told us to do. Also in this verse, in that day, the root of Jesse, that is Jesus, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples. Or in other translations, it says a banner for the peoples. Of him shall the nations inquire. What's this signal? What's this banner that Isaiah was maybe getting glimpses of? It's the gospel. It's the cross. It's why we hang this cross as the most prominent symbol in the whole room. We're still hanging that banner. 
That signal for the peoples. Thank you, Pastor Neely. I know it was so much hard work when you put in all the efforts to build this place. We're going through it right now. You're sitting next to Sheila. She's going through it right now. We're trying to build another one in Stanford. It's hard work. But thank you for hanging the banner, the cross, as the most prominent symbol in this room. You and the design committee made that choice, I know. And look, the promise is still true. We hang the banner, we preach the gospel, and the nations are still coming to inquire of it. This church continues to grow simply because we're hanging the banner. We're telling people about the glorious resting place of our Lord Jesus, the root of the stump of Jesse, the rose ever blooming. And so we pray during Advent and all year. We pray this Advent prayer. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. You were born to set us free. Lord, from our fears, from our sins, release us. Release us. And let us find our rest in thee. And all God's people said, amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.